Good morning, Redeemer City Church. Thank you for joining me and watching online. This week, we're going to uh, take a little bit of a pivot. Pastor Mitch had a sermon prepared in Colossians, but um, as you probably know, he tested positive for COVID uh, on Thursday. And uh, to make matters worse, we were talking on Tuesday, and he said, you know what, I'm going to take the vaccine on Friday. And insane, he whole year and a month not coming in contact, and the day before he planned on getting the vaccine, gets hit by COVID. Um, but he is okay, and... Uh, some of you might be wondering, Jerome, weren't you with him too? Weren't you in close proximity to him? Yes, I was, but antibodies. So that's another thing. Um, no, but in all seriousness, um, I told him that we were praying for him. We're praying for Camden and uh, and the kids as well. Um, also, happy birthday to Malachi. Let's get that in there. Um, also be praying for... Um, Pat and Carla, as they are recovering as well, let's keep them in our prayers. And as a matter of fact, we're going to pray right now. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just lift you up. Uh, we thank you. Uh, we just lift up Pastor Mitch right now as he's just not feeling well you know, with being hit with COVID. Lord, just give him peace. Um, give him shalom. That can only come from you. Uh, same with uh, Pat and, and Carla, Lord. They have... Their in-laws there and, and their little, their son and their, their little newborn. Um, just keep them healthy and safe, Lord, and, and, and uh, just heal them. And I pray that they will be fully recovered by next week. I believe in your ability to do that, and we look forward to seeing them next week. So we love you, Father. We thank you. We say this in Jesus' name. Amen. So yeah, um, I want to be in Philippians. Like I said, we're going to take a little bit of a pivot. We've been in Colossians, and we did go over Philippians, uh, I believe, in February. But there's something I want to dig in a little bit more into in Philippians 3 and uh, I, that I didn't get to last time. So um, I'll give you a little bit of background and context, and then we'll, we'll, we'll move forward. So most theologians believe that Paul was in prison in Rome. And when he wrote the letter to Colossae, along with the other uh, letters, uh, Philemon, Philippians, and Ephesians, which are the uh, prison epistles, which is why they're called that. So in Colossae, they were, there was a mixed population of Gentiles and Jews. Okay, And because of that, there were elements of pagan mysticism and Jewish legalism that was pulling people away from sharing and spreading the liberating power of the gospel. That was for you, Mitch. So what started to develop in Colossae was what people call today Gnosticism. Okay, so God is good, matter is evil, um, material things are evil, Jesus is just a representative of God, and therefore lesser than God, and there was a higher level of intellectual knowledge that you could attain that you needed to attain, actually, for salvation. So, basically, the opposite of what we say, the vision is Jesus, their vision was not Jesus. Like Our vision is Jesus, he's the truth, the way, and the life. 
for them, like he was truth, but not the way and he wasn't the life. Right. So that heresy started to creep in in Colossae. So that's what's brewing in Colossae right now. Right. Uh, Philippi was different. There wasn't a huge Jewish community um, like Colossae. And after the Battle of Philippi in 42 B.C., they were colonized by the Roman Empire. So that came with a lot of perks. Right. So you're a Roman citizen. Um, there was exemptions to taxes and and I need to pay my taxes. So that reminds me. But it was it was almost like um, likened to here in America, being an American citizen. A lot of people try to come here because of a lot of the, the perks and freedoms that they, they get. So um, it's a little bit different uh, sitting. So in Philippi, Paul dealt with a satanic uh, opposition in the form of a, uh, a demon-possessed fortune-telling slave girl, if you remember. Um, and she, her masters uh, were upset because Paul, you know, she kept on following Paul and Silas around and saying, these two are the, are the you know, the power of the Most High God, and, 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 and they're, you know, they didn't, and it was just annoying him, right? It was annoying him, so he cast the demon out. Her masters were upset because they couldn't make money off of her anymore. So they took those two to the magistrates, the magistrates there, and then they were thrown in prison. You can read about all this in Acts 16. So one of the, on, so on one hand, you had heresy that was taken root in a form of what we call Gnosticism today in Colossae. And on the other hand, in Philippi, satanic oppression, demon possession, all sorts of pride. You see, but Paul knows that the truth and the light of the darkness can go right into those places and the darkness must flee. So he writes from prison with tremendous hope and tremendous power and authority because of whose he is. So years later, Paul is in prison again in Rome. Uh, the Church of Philippi had generously been supporting Paul while he was in prison. So Paul's reasons for writing this letter, one, to thank the Philippians for their generosity and for sending uh, Epaphroditus to help, even though he didn't get to finish because he had got sick and had to go back. He wanted to make sure that, you know, that he wasn't sending them back because he didn't do a good job, number one. Uh, to warn them against false teachers, and I would say to exhort them to unity, right? All that backdrop to say, this is where I want to pick up the story. So um, flip your Bible over to Philippians 3, and uh, if you don't have a Bible, it'll be up on the screen. Okay, so... So in Philippians 1, 2... You know, he's talked about Christ, uh, to live as Christ and to die as gain. Unity through humility, right? And then he's going to continue and he's going to talk about pressing towards the goal. Pressing towards the mark. And that's what we're going to settle down in today. So Philippians 3. Finally, my brethren. Rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. 
Beware of the dogs, beware of the evil workers, beware of the mutilation. For we are the circumcision, meaning we are the clean, we are the true chosen clean one, who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Jesus Christ, and have no confidence in our flesh. That's us. Okay. Four, though I also might have confidence in my flesh, if anyone thinks he may have confidence in his flesh, I more, I more so. Circumcised on the eighth day, you know, which was the prescribed day for circumcision. Of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. So he was direct lineage from Abraham himself. A Hebrew of Hebrews, he says, concerning the law of Pharisee, I'm at six, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. So he's saying, if we want to talk about the law, like I'm perfect. Even though he's really saying that he's not, right? He's really saying that actually that falls short, right? Because a lot of the Pharisees were still saying, we live by the law. Not this Jesus. But he's saying, okay, well, I was circumcised the eighth day. I was of the stock of Israel. I was of the tribe of Benjamin. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. Like, I've been flawless. And all that is rubbish. Let's continue in seven. But what things were gained to me, these I also counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and I count them as rubbish all things that I've lost they're garbage anyways that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having my own righteousness which is from the law but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness which is from God by faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. See, Jesus died for our sins. And Paul, when he's saying being conformed to his death, he is, he is saying, I'm willing to, to do the same thing Christ did for the truth of the gospel. Right In a lesser way, obviously. But he's saying, I will die for every one of you to know who he is. 11. If by any means that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already attained. Or that I'm already perfected. That's not what I'm saying. But I press on that I may hold... That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Pause right there. He's saying he's going to press on. Christ already has a plan for you. He already has your prize. It's right there. He's, he already has it. And he's saying, Paul's saying, I want to lay hold of what Christ already has for me. The inheritance is already, it's already mine. It's like when you, uh, you know, you're a, you're a son of a king, which we are. If you have Christ, he's saying that inheritance is already there. As soon as I turn 18, I 
get the inheritance. Right? So as soon as we reach the mountaintop, that inheritance is ours. 13. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many who are mature, have this same mind, think this same way. And if in any of you think otherwise, God will reveal even these things to you. He'll iron out for you. He'll work it out for you. He will reveal this truth to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that you have already attained, that you've already understood this truth, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. You see, Paul is running a marathon up a mountain. And we are all running that same marathon up that same mountain. The prize is at the top. Christ's likeness, that's looking just like him. That's the prize. The goal is to get there. The upward call is when God calls all his believers back to himself in heaven to be in his presence. And that's happening right now. Right? That's happening right now as we speak. God is drawing us to himself. Right? The closer we get to him, we hear his voice. We that's why we're drawn to Christ, because he's drawing us near to him. He's making all things new right now. Are there obstacles running up a mountain? Of course there is. Right? There's going to be bushes and trees and roots, and you're going to fall and scrape your leg. What hinders us? Rather, what derails us, derails our focus from pressing up the mountain? Like Paul here, he's focused as a flint. He says, if there's one thing that I do in 13, I forget those things which are behind and I reach forward to those things which are ahead. If there's, he's saying, if there's only one thing that I can do, that's what I'm going to do. I am missionally focused. I'm laser sharp focused. I'm focused as a flint rock. Right? That's from the Old Testament. But I'm that focus on reaching my goal. Paul says to forget those things which are behind. That is like countercultural. You know, it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday, right? I, I think of that song by. Was it Boys and Man? I think they just did a rendition, but it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. Or the Beatles, you know, yesterday. Love was such an easy game to play. We're always focused on the past. You know, so when I go camping, which I haven't been in a while, but my wife Erin loves to go camping. And we're friends that we've camped with. The best times of when they use an iron skillet, right? And like 
you just kind of you don't really wash or scrub it. You just kind of rinse it out and wipe it down. And the flavor is good. It just has it's just different. And like a cast iron skillet, there is a residue that's left from the last meal, right? So you could have made a meal last year and not use your cast skillet, and there will be like like a little residue of like whatever it was, steak or, you know, whatever type of meat it was or whatever, right? What's interesting is like a cast iron skillet, a residue is left behind of our sin. Right? And to be honest, there is a residue of our accomplishments that is left behind. That's why you always hear ex-athletes say, you know, back in my day I used to fill in the blank. Or when I was younger, you know, I used to be able to jump out the gym or, man, I used to be so fast. I am... 100% guilty of this. Right? Why do we focus so much on past accomplishments and, and virtues and, and things of that nature? Right? Paul's saying don't dwell and stay in those places. Last week was amazing. We, we had the chance to baptize three people. And my heart just jumps for joy, um, when we just to even be included in that story and to participate in doing that, and everyone seeing this person, you know, publicly, you know, give their life to Christ or just display like Christ, you are number one in my life. To show that publicly is. That's why angels, says angels rejoice in heaven. They're, they're having a, a celebration, a party, right? Um, and that's awesome. But we don't want to dwell on those things, right? We don't want to say, yeah, so, you know, this past year, you know, we've, you know, baptized 80 people. And so then also on, in January, we did, th- no, like, that's good. It's good to have data. But don't dwell and stand on those accomplishments or achievements. Also, don't dwell and think about your, 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 your sin. It's past. Like, move forward. That's what Paul is saying. We are all going up a mountain. Right? So, rather dwell on what it would be like to look just like him. To receive the crown of glory, to receive that same power, the power that raised Christ from the dead. To see that same power that he gives every single one of us. And to see that power manifest to his full potential in us. That's worth dwelling on. Right? That's worth our time. And that's worth our vision. So keep that in mind as you go throughout this week. Focusing on what's ahead, not what's behind.
And if you need help with that, ask God. Father, I'm always thinking about the past. Or maybe you feel like you can't even talk to God because of your past. No, that's a lie from the devil. God has already forgiven you by the power of Jesus Christ. It's done. It's finished. It's finished. So, you don't have to think he won't accept me because of the things that I've done. Mm-mm. It's the biggest, it's the biggest scam ever. Like the pyramid scheme. It's awful. But yeah, focus on what's ahead. That's where we should spend our time. Because time is valuable. So next week, we will be here at our regularly scheduled time at 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. for church services. I look forward to seeing you next week in the flesh. Until then, uh, pray for racial reconciliation. Pray for unity. Um, Pray for our city, uh, Tampa Heights. Um, pray for the homeless in this city and also pray for just more open the doors for more people a hundred people mature Christians that want to see and want to share and spread the liberating power of the gospel let that be true this week till then we'll see you next week We love you, and we'll see you next week in the flesh.